to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of The Last Gen Podcast, everybody. My name is Pastor Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries. I'm so pumped to be on with you. Listen, if you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify, I welcome you. Just to let you know, we do have a YouTube version that uh, I'd encourage you to go check out. So go check out Last Gen Youth on YouTube. Uh, You can listen and watch the same podcast, but on YouTube. Uh, I just prefer that better anyways, and I know many of you will too. So go check it out, all the YouTube viewers. Thanks for jumping on. Today, I'm very excited about the episode that we have because it just... Now, as I was driving to the studio, I was thinking about like, you know, a lot of the times, not a lot of the times, most of the time, I've got no idea what I'm going to talk about um, in a podcast episode, but uh, until like the day of, not only the day of, but you know, like probably like the hour of within the half hour, just whatever is in my spirit. I always go with what's in my spirit because I don't want to, I don't want to teach to you some, uh, crusty message that I had prepared, like, you know, 30 days ago. It's got to be fresh in your spirit. Anyone who, who teaches or has taught it all knows that that's the case. So today we're talking about the four money tests that God gives. And as I was as I was driving over today, I just felt it bubble up in my spirit, just just starting to think about the fact that God tests his people with money. Now, it is true and, and the moment you say this, people will say, "Well, Alex, the Bible says that God doesn't test anyone. He doesn't tempt with evil nor is tempted with evil." That's true. But God very definitely does watch over what you do with money to determine the state of your heart and also determine how he's going to act on your behalf. The hyper hyper grace Christians will say, well, it doesn't matter what you did. It's about what he's done and God blesses us all just because he loves us. That's not the case. That is not the case. Look around. Take a sample of any 10 Christians and let me know if that works out. Are all of them blessed in the same way? No. And so what's the only difference? What is the only difference in any Christian? It's not how they were brought up. It's not uh, whether, you know, God specially favors them because they're a preacher's kid or whatever. It's It's not anything but the actions that we take. So as young people, I want to get this ingrained in your spirit because I I don't know what, what the whole deal is, but as a whole, youth groups or, or youth ministries, young adult ministries, for some reason, don't like to talk about money. I feel like they think that's like, while, while, we're, while we're in youth and young adults, we've got to talk about the, the bare minimum stuff, like, you know, like salvation. We've got to talk about holiness. But, you know, and when we get into church, when they turn 35 and they start setting up their 4013, uh, it shows how much I know, all their retirement funds. See, Shows how much I know about all that adult stuff. Who, adulting? Who does it? Um, th- then they'll learn about money, and we'll do a special six-week series called Money Talks or wh- whatever. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's just how churches operate in, in in the realm of finances. 
But I have this, I have this vision, and obviously, as we're starting last gen in person, as I've, uh, as I'm going to step into the role of youth pastor and already have, I I will make this a fundamental goal. I I want last gen people, and that doesn't just mean the people in in the sanctuary when we're having the youth group in West Palm Beach. You who are watching online, who've been watching for two years, listening for two years, can I can I pause and say I love you guys very much. I really do. Like those who have been listening to the Last Gen Podcast for so long, since we started it up in October of 2021, you guys are probably the the best group of young people that there ever is. And I know that's like a super superlative, but you want it because you guys are amazing. You guys are hungry for God. You're pressing forward. There's there's no one else I would rather come on here and talk to and teach and and pour into than you guys. I'm telling you that. I'm so grateful that I don't have a base of people that, uh, you know, and, and I can hear from you guys. You guys are hungry. You ask questions. You press in. I'm so glad I don't have this uh, dead, lethargic youth ministry where people just, like, don't care. You guys are, are like, the real deal. I love you a lot. So th- this is something that I will press hard to instill in the last-gen youth not just in person, but online. As we're doing, you know, live streams during service, I will I will press this in to your spirit, to my kids' spirit, that we don't wait until we have a full-time job to start thinking about how we honor God in our finances. Honoring God in your finances is not something just for adults. Because here's the thing. If you don't make up your mind now, you'll get a job, You'll start working, you'll start making money, and you'll let you'll let, people fall into this mindset like they just let their themselves slip. They forget to tie. They, I, th- this is as much holiness as as like you know not cussing. There's things that God has laid out in His Word about money that you have to stay in line with, and if you don't. Many of these things, you, you fall into sin in the area of finances. So why we don't teach our young people this, I have no clue. Beats me. But it's important. Not only does it, does it matter because it, it's contained within the area of finances, but what you do with your finances reflects the rest of your life. I'm going to step on toes here. Probably, probably not yours, but you know, this hypothetical person who hates me and hate, watches my podcast, which there are some. I, I know of some who do. But let me make it very clear. Your money determines, how you handle your money determines how you handle everything in life. Billy Graham said, show me a man's pocketbook, his wallet, his checkbook, and I'll show you his heart. Do you think this is some prosperity thing that I'm making up? No, Jesus said, where your treasure is, this is Matthew 6.21, where your treasure is, where your money is, there will your heart be also. So don't think you can love God in the area of holiness. Well, I don't sin. I don't say cuss words. I don't watch certain stuff. Don't tell me you love God and you have a problem giving in an offering. And listen, if you're young and you've never been taught this and you've never given an offering just because you never learned about it, you're, you're learning about it now. Don't, don't feel condemned. But don't tell me that you love God with all your heart. I'm just, I'm just chasing after God. I love him so much. He forgave me and... But you have a problem giving him money, giving in the church offering. It's not true. It's a lie. 
Why? Jesus said, where, the, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Show me a man's pocketbook. I'll show you his heart. People spend money on the things that they love. So uh, this is very important because this doesn't just deal with finances. It deals with the rest of your life. The re- every area of life, every area of life can be, can be rooted in how you deal with your finances. It's true. It's very true. So, and, and, and like I said earlier, God will always, no matter what, he will always watch you and watch you very carefully. How will he or she handle the finances that they've been giving? He's always watching. You know, here's, a, here's an interesting verse of scripture that, that people don't like to talk about. But I find it very interesting because, you know, there's this song. There's this song that got really popular that I hate with all my heart. This song goes, I don't have to prove a thing. You've already approved of me. I don't have to prove a thing. You've already approved of me. By a certain Christian band. I, I cannot stand, I cannot stand that song. Why? It's unbiblical. Not in the Bible. Here's a verse of scripture you probably haven't heard preached. This is Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 8. No, 2 Corinthians chapter, yeah, 8 and verse 8. He's talking about giving to the Corinthians. He's saying, he's literally instructing them because the Corinthians had promised to give a gift. So they said, we're going to give this gift uh, to, to the church. Um, but you need to come back and receive it. So Paul is reminding them again, I'm coming to you. I'm sending people to you. I'm just reminding you of the promise that you made. Please don't make yourself look like a fool and not be able to give it. So just a reminder, you made this promise that you'd give it. Now you've got to give it. And he says this in verse eight, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is genuine. But to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. The genuineness of your love is based on whether you can give. Very simple. The genuineness of your love towards God, your love towards his house, your love towards his church, his people, is determined by how much or, or that you can give. I know that's not popular and the whole saying, I don't have to prove a thing. You actually do. You have to prove your love through your actions and one of those actions being giving. So what are the four money tests that God gives you? The four money tests. I want to go through them. This isn't going to be a long podcast, but I want you to take notes. I've, I've somewhat organized this podcast, so it's easy to take notes. The four money tests that God gives you as he's watching how you deal with your finances. And once you take notes on these, please never forget them. And make sure any amount of money that comes into my life, and I, I understand many of you don't have a full-time job. That's totally fine. When I was 16, I didn't have a full-time job. When I was 17, I did not have a full-time job. But, you know, many of you have, have a part-time job or, you know, do, do work on the side, which, by the way, you should, you should have a job as early as possible. Not, you know, enforcing child labor laws 
or I'm not trying to repeal child labor laws, but you should have a job as as soon as possible. I'm not telling 12-year-olds to go get a job. But it's funny how like self-starters will always, even at 12, they'll start their own lemonade stand. They'll start their own t-shirt business. I don't know. It's just interesting. But even if you don't have a job now, it, it doesn't matter how much money comes into your life every month. Let's say, let's say you're 10 years old and all you get is birthday money and allowance, let's say. You know, you, you get, you get a, a, a gift card, you get a $50 bill, a $100 bill for your birthday, whatever. It, it does not matter. God's, God's rules are God's rules. So it doesn't matter what comes into your life. All these principles should be followed. It's not like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's 12. He doesn't have that. No. If, you, if you're a committed Christian, and God sees that and God honors that, and he'll bless you for it. So number one, the first money test that God gives, number one, will you be faithful to adhere to the base requirement of the tithe? Will you be faithful to adhere to the base requirement of the tithe? Now, Christians don't like to hear the word requirement these days. Requirement? I thought it was all by grace. I, I thought there was no works involved. Like we covered before, works prove your love. Faith without works is dead. So, God has a requirement. It's a covenant requirement. Let's go to it. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And let's read his requirement. Verse 6, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and do not keep them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? God says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? He says this, in your tithes and in your offerings. In your tithes and in your offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you down a blessing... That, there, that you don't have room to contain. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Think about that. God's just saying, honor me in the tithe and in the offering. I will, he said, put me to the test. Pr try it and let me prove it to you, one translation says. Try it. Let me prove it to you. I'll open up the windows of heaven over your life. I'll pour you out a blessing that you don't have room to contain. I'll rebuke the devourer. So these are all the blessings. People love to quote the blessings, but they don't quote the requirement. What's the requirement? Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Now, to break it down very simply, well, I, I'm just praying how much I have to tithe. No, no, no. You don't stop praying about how much you have to tithe. You don't have to pray. My uncle said something, Evangelist Ted, Pastor Ted said something on the broadcast yesterday. He said, and this is a great quote, he said this, I don't have to pray about my tithe. I just calculate it. I don't have to pray about my tithe. I just calculate it. Why? 
because the word tithe means 10%. The tenth. So what, what does that mean very practically? 10% of your gross income, gross income just means before taxes, before whatever you buy, before anything. If I make, let's say, $200 tomorrow, 200 of those dollars, like before I spend anything, 20 of that is God's. I'm returning it to God. I'm not like tipping God, paying God. No, no, this isn't a tax. This is proving to God. I'm entering into covenant with you. 10% always goes to God. And that's the base requirement. Now, remember, this isn't even counting offerings. So there's a difference. Tithe is 10%. That's a non-negotiable. I feel, you know, I feel like, I feel like there, there's like a, an adult watching this thing. He's being very didactic. He's being very harsh with young people about how they should give. I, I am because, because people like, I don't, I don't know. People like, they, they like to like worm around this, this talk. I, I don't know. Just like I, I speak to people. How, I'm not trying to like be condescending. I'm speaking to you like you're intelligent because you are. I hate when people placate young people and try to, now, how many know? that we can't always give 10%, so maybe start with two. I'm going to tithe 2% this month, and maybe work it up to five next month. No, you can't tithe 2%. You can't give 10% 2%. doesn't make sense. I'm giving a 10% of my income. Oh, how much is that? Well, it's actually going to be 2%. It's like, that doesn't make sense. So, yes, I'm being very plain because God is very plain. 10% tithe. It always goes to God. So it's, that's not even part of my offerings. That's just always. When it, and I'll tell you, as soon as I get my paycheck, every month, immediately, goes to God. 10%. And that's not, and I don't think, oh God, I'm doing you a favor by giving you a tithe. No, that's his. All of the money is his anyways. I'm returning to him 10% to enter into covenant with him. Now on top of that, there's offerings. So, and, and we've talked about that, and we'll not get into that because that'll be a, a massive um a massive podcast if I start getting into offerings and free will offerings and stuff. But that's just the tithe. So God's watching. Are you faithful to adhere to the base requirement of the tithe? Okay? People say, well, that's an Old Testament principle. Jesus said, Matthew 23, 23, you should tithe, yes. So should we tithe as New Testament Christians? You should tithe, yes. Look it up. Matthew 23, 23. That's Jesus who says, you should tithe, yes. There's no misinterpreting that. Okay. So number one, will you be faithful to adhere to the base requirement of the tithe? Number two, when God does bless you, do you forget him? When God does bless you, will you forget him? I'm going to quickly read this scripture. Deuteronomy 8. 11. Deuteronomy 8, 11. The Bible says this. Take care. God's, God's talking to the people. He's giving instructions about their money. Take care or be careful lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, have built good houses to live in, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiplies and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget 
the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. Beware lest you say in your heart, verse 17, my, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember, this is verse 18, Deuteronomy 8, 18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. When God does bless you, because if you do enter in to tithes and offerings, tithes and offerings, God promised, I will pour out blessings that you don't have room to contain. When you're a giver, God blesses you. That is a fundamental truth of the Bible. We can't, I mean, I've, I've done a whole podcast episode on that. So if you want to, go to Spotify, where, wherever, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, because it was back then when we didn't have YouTube. Go look up. Go through our episodes. Find the ones on giving. Listen to them. And, and I'll prove to you that God is, is a, a God who blesses his children that give. But when God does bless you, which he will, you have to make up in your mind that no matter how big it is, I will never forget that it's God who gave me this. Because it happens to a lot of people that God blesses them. He blesses their business. And this happens to a lot of people, you know, in the church. But, you know, once they get older, God blesses their business. God blesses their family. You know, they once were living paycheck to paycheck. Now they're, now they're prosperous. They've got a, a big house and their family's doing well. They're living the American dream, white picket fence, you know, barbecue in the back. Yeah, maybe have a boat, you know, have, have a, you know, nice cars. They'll then, because they're comfortable in their wealth, they'll start to draw back. And they'll start to forget how they got that in the first place. They'll stop going to church. They'll skip church on Sundays. They'll, they'll give. They'll forget to tithe. They'll give the, here's one. They'll give the same offerings that they gave amount-wise that they did 10 years ago when they were broke. While they were making $20,000, $30,000 a year, and they were given, like, their biggest offering that they could give was, like, $200, $300. They were given that, and then now they're, they make uh, $150,000 a year, and they're still given $200, $300 offerings. So you see what I'm saying? People forget that it's God. And, what, like, you'll watch as they slowly, well, not slowly, very quickly decline. Because God has lifted them up to a place, and then they get to that place, and they think, oh, how great I am. They start talking about, you know, they start lecturing how I got to this place in business, you know, and they'll start taking all the glory, not giving any to God. You watch what happens. You know, when I did door-to-door sales, I always made it a point. They would always do this over the summer last year. I did door-to-door sales and they would always say stuff like, you know, they would have like the top rookies and like the top, uh, veterans for the day and so I was a rookie I I, you know I hadn't really that was my first year and so like I I did I did pretty well by the grace of God he blessed me I did I did very well compared to all the other rookies that was the top top uh rookie and so when when um 
they at the end of the day or at the next day they would always highlight the people who sold most the last day and they would always have the person get up and talk you know like what strategies have been used what helped you out there like what you know how'd you make the sale how'd you do this i never i always made it a point no matter when they gave me the spotlight the first thing i said you know what helped you out there i don't i would always say it's not me god bless me god got me that sale because I, I will never get to a point where, you know, I, I've risen to the ranks of anything where then I say, well, you know, I've, I've employed this new strategy that I was thinking about. And, you know, it's like, you know, you'll forget quickly where God brought you. So when he does bless you, don't forget that it's him who blessed you. Number three. Hmm. This is a good one. Number three. God is watching. This is the third money test. Will you fall victim to a beggar mindset? Will you fall victim to a beggar mindset? If you're going to believe like we believe here at the last gen, that God wants to bless you, he wants to prosper you, he wants to make you the head and not the tail, above and never beneath. He wants you to, to make you great in your nation. He wants to bless you financially to the point where sinners have to look and say, holy crap, that's a lot. I want that. I know you want that. So if you're going to believe that way, you have to settle in your mind that I, if I'm going to enter into that point in God where I'm, I'm severely financially blessed, I will always walk through life with a giving mentality and not a begging mentality. A generous mentality and not a begging mentality. Now, in this point, I'm going to talk about how you uh, relate to other people, not giving to God necessarily, but how you relate to other people, because God watches how you interact with other people in the area of your finances. Deuteronomy fifteen six. God says, "You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You'll be the lender and not the borrower." God never intended you to be a beggar. Let me say that again. God never intended you to be a beggar. If you're a beggar, you, I mean, you s stop quoting all the prosperity verses if you're a beggar. Always begging people for things. Can I have a ride? I don't have a ride. Can I please have a ride? Um, can you can you pay my can you pay for this one? Can you get this dinner? You know, like you go out to you go out to dinner with your friends. Hey, I I left my wallet at home. I you're a beggar if you're going to enter into this covenant blessing you're going to have to have this covenant mindset i am the lender not the borrower people that know me and i'm not saying this to lift me up i i was instilled i mean this was instilled in my brain very young to see pastor ted and pastor carolyn my mom and my dad you know pay for other people and never, never be the person that's always like, hey, could you grab this one or let's split the bill. It's They're always giving. I always saw that. And I always thought, man, I want to be like that. I want, I want to be the guy who pays for the entire table of 12. I want to be the guy that stands up in the restaurant and says, all your, I'm, I'm paying all your bills. I want to be the guy that pays for five people behind me in the drive-thru. Why? Because I'm, and this all goes down to mindset. Why do I do it? Because I'm rich. May not look like it in the bank, bank account for some people, 
but you've got to you've got to come to that conclusion. Why why am I why am I extremely generous? Because God's blessed me. He's made me rich. I'm blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I give things. I don't borrow things. I don't beg for things. Proverbs 11.24. This is one of my favorite Proverbs. Proverbs 11.24. Here it is. The writer of this is contrasting. The author is contrasting two different types of people. A generous person, a lender, and a stingy person, a beggar. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers lack. If you're going to be the beggar, the stingy person, who at the table, uh, if you've taken your friends out to dinner and you're like, you're like, hey guys, you think like let, let's just split it all on different checks. Now, and listen, I understand that not everyone's at the level where they can pay for an entire table, or you know, like, but you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start with this mentality early. Like my friends around me will know that they cannot go out with me to get lunch, to get dinner, whatever, without me either successfully taking the bill, which 99% of the time, I will always get it, or having to fist fight for it. It doesn't happen. Even people I grew up, even, even when I wasn't really that committed to God, I, I, just, I just didn't, I don't know. It was just, I didn't want to be the, per, I, I always wanted to be the person paying for it. can imagine. Guys, can I give you a tip? <laughs> Now I'm just ranting at this point. Men, fellows, can I give you a tip? If you have a girlfriend and you take her out on a date, please don't you dare. And I say this like as harsh as I can. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about people do this stuff all the time. Oh my gosh. It's cringeworthy. It makes me cringe. Don't you dare. Have your girlfriend get the check. Hey, babe, could you get this? It's like, <laughs> hey, babe, I got this. I got the last one. Yeah, It's like embarrassing. Hey, we'll split this. That's just. And ladies, let your, let your guy pay for it. That's not like a biblical thing. That's just like a, that's just like a thing. Don't, guys, fellas, don't be the guy. Don't be the guy. That's having your girlfriend pay for meals. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Making me cringe. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> but on a more broad sense, back to back to business. I will be, and I want you to just say this out loud wherever you are. I am the lender, not the borrower. I will never be a beggar. I give rides. I don't take rides. I pay for things. I don't ask people to pay for things. And you th- and it's the opposite of how you think cuz people think, "Oh, if I'm going to if I'm going to be generous like this, I'm just going to lose money and and people think it's a waste. People think it's a waste like, "Oh, you go out to dinner and you've got three friends with you. It's just it's a waste to pay for their, you know, three three extra meals, you, you know, tripling, quadrupling your bill. That's irresponsible. No, it's not irresponsible. 
It's a mindset. If I'm not prepared, listen, if I'm not prepared, if I, if I go out with my friend, if I'm not prepared to pay their, their bill, I won't go out. That's just it. It's like, it's like, you know, if you're not prepared to tip the waitress, I mean, if, if the 20% tip on a bill is going to take you out financially and plunge you into financial ruin, you probably shouldn't be eating out. Same thing, same thing with, with the gener- generosity thing. And I understand not everyone's at the level yet. I understand. I'm not at the level where I could pay for a whole restaurant. I understand. But I'm getting there. I will. It's a mindset. You have to start early. Even if it is paying for someone's, you know, slush year at 7-Eleven, if you're, you know, riding bikes to to uh, 7-Eleven with your friends and you're in high school, paying for their slush. No, no, bro, I got this. Really? Especially with unbelieving friends. It's like, how, why, if, if you're going to always be begging an unbeliever for things, I would, think to the, I would think to myself, if I were the unbeliever and you were the Christian, it's like, how big is their God if they can't pay for their own slushy? Like, I'm, I'm being honest. Where were we? Number three, will you fall victim to a beggar mindset? God's watching. Because he cares. Because if he's going to, because you, you have to understand, when you're entering into covenant with God and you're trusting him with your finances, the whole goal is to be more like Jesus. We're being changed into his image. Being imitators of God. Being imitators of Jesus. Jesus fed people. He didn't beg for food. He fed 5,000. He fed 4,000. He feeds people. He doesn't beg for anything. And if I'm entering into covenant with God, if I'm like God, if I'm, if I'm made in his image, if I'm following it, if I'm being more like Jesus, I'm going to be a giver. Why? God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. It's a key characteristic of God. Generosity. If I'm going to be like my father, I'm going to be a giver. Can you imagine God asking asking me, "Hey Alex, I I don't know I don't know what to do. I I told my children in Africa that I would bless them and I just things didn't work out in the budget in the inflation and I guess I calculated for 2022 and not 2023 and the inflation has gone up and have you I mean like you've seen Gaspar I just could could you lend me a few no God's not like that so I won't be like that number four when God tells you to give something can you man this is a big one when God tells you to give something can you give it or is it going to be too big for you to give We'll read this. Mark 10, 16, and we'll wrap it up. Mark 10, 16. Did I do? Wow, I did a terrible job of keeping this short. Mark 10, 16. This is the story of the rich young ruler. Many of you know this story. And many many preachers use this as like a, a pretext to slam prosperity. But that's not at all what this for, what this story leads to. It's, uh, we'll start at 1017, that's right. As he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, 
Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Do you know the commandments? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all of these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. Listen to this. The rich young ruler, he was a rich man, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. When God asks you to give something, is it too much for you to give or can you let it go? See, it's not that the rich young ruler had things. It's that the things had him. They held him. They held him in slavery. And understand from this story, God doesn't ask everyone to give all they had. Jesus was making a point to him because he knew his, the state of his heart. By the gifts of the Spirit, he knew. This man is rich. He can't give away what he has. So he said, give all you have. As a test, he's literally testing him. Talk about the test of money. Jesus literally tests this man. Go, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Jesus, er, the man, disheartened, had to walk away for he had great possessions. And if you read further, this is how you know it's a test. Because Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, anyone who leaves father, mother, brother, sister, households, properties, anyone who leaves that or gives that for the gospel, he will surely receive now and in this lifetime a hundredfold. Listen to this. Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or land for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this lifetime. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands and persecutions and in the age to come. It's a test. If that man would have done that, think about that. If that rich young ruler would have just given it, done what Jesus said. There was a hundredfold waiting on the other side of that seed. Man, that gets me excited. You know, I've been given some nice things over the years. I've been given watches. I've been given jewelry. I've been given money. You know, because people, people, because I'm a giver and that's, that's a, a harvest on the seeds that I sow. So people give, give things and they'll give things to you. But you have to make up in your mind, nothing that comes into my life, doesn't matter what it is, nothing that comes into my life will ever hold me in bondage. I will always be able to give it the next day. I literally, you know what's funny? I got a necklace one, the, one day. I was like, this is, the, this is the, it was a really nice necklace that I wanted. And uh, it was given to me. The next day, I was, I was in uh, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. I mean, and it wasn't like a massively expensive necklace. It was like, you know, it was like two, maybe under $200. And I, 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 I can't tell you that I felt the Lord say give it, but I literally, service ended, I turn around and I, I go to leave. I just feel an inkling in my spirit, just an inkling, just barely to g take this necklace off, give it to, to the youth pastor. I don't, I don't know. It, you know, like, I think that was God immediately because I know this principle immediately. 
I took it off and gave it to him. I got it the, the, the day before. I took it off and I gave it to him. Why? Because it doesn't matter even if God, if I think I hear God, it's going out. Because I won't be the guy who cannot re- let anything go. But God, I just got this yesterday. It doesn't matter. I mean, think about it. A pastor blessed me with this watch. I mean, it's a, it's a nice watch. It's a $5,500 watch. But I made up in my mind and I've told the Lord, the moment you tell me to give it, it's gone. There's not one thing that God can bless me with that, that, cannot, that will not leave the moment God tells me to give it. Not one thing. No amount of money. No, no nice jewelry. It doesn't matter. If God says give it, it's gone. Make up in your mind that you'll be the same. It's a test. It's a test. God will test your heart. Did that nice thing, does that nice thing have you? Are you consumed by it? Are you not able to give it? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the covenant blessing of wealth that you've given to us. Father, we pray that we would not fall short in any of these areas in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that every single young person, under the sound of my voice, that adheres to the principles that you've laid out in your word, would become abundantly blessed become a wonder in their generation in Jesus name right now I pray I pray that all the seeds sown would quickly come back into their hand as their harvest in Jesus name in Jesus name we'll give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name amen